What's shaking fire nation? JLD here and welcome to EO Fire where I chat with entrepreneurs who are on fire seven days a week and goals equal success fire nation and with the Freedom Journal, you'll be accomplishing your number one goal in 100 days. And now let's chat with today's featured guest, Dory Clark. Dory, are you prepared to ignite? John, there's going to be so much ignition. It is third degree burns today. <laughs> Fire Nation, Dory's the author of the new book, Entrepreneurial You. Her past books include Reinventing You and Stand Out, which was named the number one leadership book of 2015 by Inc. Magazine. A former presidential campaign spokeswoman, she teaches at Duke University and writes frequently for the Harvard Business Review. And Dory, we've known each other for a while now, hung out in person, but I don't think I've ever asked you, are you a Duke basketball fan? (laughs) You know, I grew up in North Carolina and so you do have to choose your sides. So yes, I am, I am a Duke (laughs) basketball fan. It's true. Don't, don't hate me, uh, Carolina supporters out there. I have also taught for the Keenan Flagler school of business at UNC. So I'm, so I'm flexible, but, but yeah, I I do root for the blue devils. Nice, nice. Well, Hey, listen, everybody's going to pick a side and I hear you because, you know, I'm from new England. So everybody likes to hate on the new England Patriots just because they're great. Just like Duke's always great. But I will tell you, watch out, look in your rear view mirror, Dory, because my alma mater, Providence College, is literally on fire in the basketball world. Four straight NCAA appearances. This fifth year, we have four seniors. We're making a run for it, so watch out. Whoa, all right. (laughs) So Fire Nation, you probably recognize Dory's name and her voice because this is her third time on EO Fire. She was on episode 993, where she rocked the mic, episode 728, where she crushed it. But Dory, uh, before we go into what we're going to be chatting about today, why don't you kind of take a minute, fill in some gaps from the intro that I gave you, and uh, give us a little glimpse of your personal life. Yeah, thank you so much, John. So as you mentioned, I, uh, I I write business books. I spend a lot of my time doing that. The most recent one is Entrepreneurial You. Uh, and when I'm not doing that, I do marketing strategy consulting for uh, places like Google, Yale University, uh, the World Bank. Um, I do a lot of teaching for for Duke. And in my uh, in my free time, I have really been exploring a lot of creative activities lately. So last year, I started taking stand up comedy classes. Mm-hmm. Um, I live in New York City, so I've been uh, doing a lot of performances around here. My uh, my latest uh, thing that I'm working on is musical theater. And earlier this year, I was lucky enough to get to be a producer on a jazz album that actually won a couple of Grammys. Love all of that. I'm not going to do that typical thing where most people say, uh, tell me a joke or make me laugh because, you know, it's just not on command fire nation. You don't just walk up to somebody. And I could definitely say, uh, Dory, I would love to see you at some point up on stage because I've seen you on stage at, co- at conferences and stuff. But in that nice little comedian environment, uh, that'd be fun. So maybe the next time we're at a conference, you know, maybe uh, social media market around San Diego, we'll have to find an open mic night for you. What do you say? That that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And, and you know, when when the world comedy tour hits San Juan, John, I'm I'm letting you know. I will be there. I'm gonna rent a party bus and all the peeps from my community are coming up and we'll support you. So that'll be a blast. <laughs> 
Love it. Oh, so Fire Nation, today we're going to be chatting a lot about Entrepreneurial You, the book that Dory's been working incredibly hard on, going over some, really some questions and some concerns that a lot of you as entrepreneurs have when you're growing your business. And one of the areas that I kind of want to start off with, Dory, because this is a question that I get all the time, it was a question that I had when I launched my journey as an entrepreneur, is why is it so gosh darn hard for so many entrepreneurs to monetize their ideas? It is a really important question, John. And I think that that a big part of it is that we need to recognize, it's, uh, it's certainly not talked about a lot, that it is two completely different skills, being excellent at your craft and being excellent at what you do and actually learning how to make money from it. Now, this wasn't such a big deal 20 years ago because – there was a more traditional economy. If you were uh, a journalist, which is how I actually began my career, you would write articles and get paid for the articles. You know, pretty simple. Uh, but these days, especially thanks to the internet, there has been a, a disconnect oftentimes between how people uh, actually make money. So, you know, for instance, uh, very few people these days are, are journalists. About 40% of American journalists have lost their jobs in the wow. past 15 years. The numbers are actually pretty astonishing. Yeah, the entire it's a, a the number of journalists that have lost their jobs since 1990 is equal to the population of Orlando, Florida. <laughs> it's you know, it, it's it's crazy to think about, but these days I spend a lot of my time writing. I write books, I write articles, I blog, and I make I make money from it. I make very good money from it, but not directly. It's actually an indirect process because you use the writing, the content creation as a lead generation mechanism for consulting and coaching and speaking. So it, essentially, you have to kind of uh, think a few chess moves ahead. But if you do, the opportunities are enormous. And so really what I tried to do in Entrepreneurial You was to present a playbook for today's entrepreneurs so that they can get smart and get savvy about the new ways to make money and to really leverage what they're doing. So maybe let's talk about an example that you use in the book or just a way that you found that entrepreneurs have been successful monetizing their ideas. What I really learned in the, in the course of writing Entrepreneurial You is that there's a, a three-step process involved in, in successful monetization. The first part is building trust with your audience. Um, the second part is just going deep. And the third is then leveraging your knowledge. And so what I mean by that um, – what is essential is right at the beginning, you build trust with the audience. Sometimes people rush to monetize. They, they think, okay, I need to, you know, I, I'm going to just get out there and I'm going to make a ton of money. And of course, you and I know that that doesn't necessarily happen instantaneously. I mean, for your business, John, and you, of course, were one of the people that I interviewed for Entrepreneurial You. Yeah. You're one of the, the big case studies in there. I, I know from our conversation that you spent six months working on Entrepreneur on Fire without any revenue. You had the the pre-launch period, and then for I guess three, you know three months afterwards, nothing was was coming in. But you were putting in the work up front to create amazing content so that people knew you and trusted you and wanted to listen uh, to you. So building that trust, creating content is very important. The second part is going deep, and that means really taking the time to get to know your audience, get to know. Uh, uh, your your target customer. 
One of the people I interviewed was John Jantz, um, who's most famous for uh, for the book Duct Tape Marketing. And you know now that's a you know huge system. It's a best selling book. But he started as a regular marketing consultant. He he worked you know one on one with clients. He it was kind of a jack of all trades and did everything. He wouldn't have been able to come up with the duct tape marketing system if he hadn't really spent the time in the trenches getting to know his customers intimately. And then third and finally. It's about leveraging your knowledge. And that is, you know, once you've, you've really uh, put yourself into their world, you understand their needs, you know um, what it is that, uh, that, they, that they want, and they have the relationship with you that, that they say, okay, yes, I'd like it from you, then you can expand out. And so one of the, the case studies, one of the people that I interviewed was uh, Andrew Warner, who has a, a business called Mixergy. He had become a successful entrepreneur, uh, and uh, he'd had some successes and also some failures. And he started an interview series that people could then subscribe to. It's a subscription model um, where he was interviewing tons of of entrepreneurs to learn uh, about what made them tick. And the reason he was able to be so successful is that he really understood what questions to ask and what people wanted to know. And then his audience was willing to pay for it. Andrew's an example of a master interviewer. He's actually somebody when I was formulating my idea and the format overall for Entrepreneur on Fire back in 2012 that I went and I studied his podcast that had been going for a couple of years at that point. And he hasn't even slowed down. He's still rocking and rolling. And, you know, he's one of the guys that I actually turned to when we did the podcast Paradise Cruise back in 2015 and said, Andrew, like, I want you to be one of the featured speakers on this. And he came on that ship and he delivered. And it's just amazing what he's been able to to create from just the art of the interview, from just having conversations with people. And, you know, for me, Dory, as we're kind of moving forward into this next section, I kind of want to look back and say, Fire Nation, you need to build trust. You need to go deep and then you need to leverage that knowledge. There's those three points that Dory just talked about and they're all so important. And we hear this all the time, Dory, about don't put all your eggs into one basket. And a lot of us don't really know what that means beyond, you know, just some kind of old cute wives tale. But why is it critical to have multiple revenue streams, especially here in 2017? I think the main reason for it, John, is that, you know, we we all, you know, have heard a million times, we know that if you're talking about your personal investments, for instance, we know it's a bad idea to put all your money in one stock that, you know, okay, that's, that's a mistake. That's foolish. That's risky. But so often, even for entrepreneurs, at the other end of the equation, the part where we're making the money in the first place we are over-indexing in one area. We might think that we're diversified as an entrepreneur because we have multiple clients. And certainly that's a, a better position to be in than someone who has, you know, one day job, they're, you know, they're getting their check and, you know, that's that's it. If they, if they get laid off, as I did early in my career, um, then you have to scramble to find something. So having multiple clients as an entrepreneur is great. But ultimately, the market can change there too. Um, you know, one of one of my friends, someone who actually um, blurbed Entrepreneurial You, uh, James Altucher, uh, is you know great author. Uh, he's been an entrepreneur many times, and in the 1990s, he had a business that was designing websites, and he was doing it you know for for big uh, for big agencies and and movies and all these cool things. 
And he was getting paid $250,000 to design a website. And, you know, he, he was doing this. It was great money while it lasted because, you know, there weren't that many web designers. But he was looking around and said, oh, my gosh, kids are learning how to do this. Clearly, the price is going to drop. Clearly, this is not sustainable. And so he ended up selling the business and getting out just at the right time. But for any of us, if we're in an industry that there may be disruption, and frankly, that's that's just about any industry these days, it pays to hedge your bets, not just with multiple clients, but by doing multiple things. Now, the key is, I don't mean radically different things. I don't mean designing websites and dog walking and being a tennis instructor. But the key is to understand what is your core value, what is your core IP, your intellectual property, and then finding different ways to deploy that in the world. If you're already doing uh, consulting, maybe you can do some executive coaching around that topic. If you're already, uh, you know, doing, uh, you know, doing executive coaching, maybe you could start offering workshops or creating a mastermind group or building an online community. Those are great ways to diversify and hedge your risk. So much great stuff here, Fire Nation. And, you know, we look back to that James Altucher example. He was getting $250,000 to design a website. And let's look at today. Squarespace, $8 a month. I mean, this is what happens if you are stagnant and what you do. If you say, hey, this is working, and you just put your head down and think it's going to be working 5, 10, 15 years from now. And by the way, let's even speed up that timeline because of just the the world that we live in. I mean, we're talking 5, 10, 15 months from now, things are going to change. I mean, I look around when I launched Entrepreneur on Fire back in 2012, you know, 2012, 2013, 2014, I'd look around the business podcast section and there's only a handful of us. I mean, I knew every one of the podcasters intimately that was in the top 20 of business podcasts. I knew them all. And now you look around and it's just this incredible professional I like to, I actually like to say the words, the broadcasters are coming, you know, the professional podcasters, this people from NPR and people from, you know, that were like big radio hosts at ESPN are now coming and they're just launching their own independent, successful, great podcast. And, you know, if I was just going to be sitting back on my reins and saying, Hey, I'm going to do the exact same thing that I was doing in 2012 and 2017, it wouldn't work. So you have to create multiple revenue streams. You have to create multiple skill sets within yourself so that you're protected as the industry changes as the industry evolves. And that being said, what should you specifically do? Like, I like, Dory, how you actually have this in the book. Like, what's the first thing that you should do if you're an entrepreneur and you want to actually start creating multiple revenue streams? What's that step numero uno? Probably the first step that someone should take if they're thinking about creating multiple revenue streams and wanting to bring that into their business is actually doing what I call an income stream audit. And essentially what this would involve is just, you know, setting aside a little time and writing down how many different income streams you currently have, meaning how many different ways do you make money? Is it is it one way doing one thing or are there actually, um, you know, multiple strategies that you employ? Now, if that's the case, you also then want to Go through, and, and this may involve you know looking at your at your QuickBooks or whatever, but uh, figuring out what percentage of your revenue each income stream represents. Um, because for a lot of entrepreneurs, it's you know ninety percent or a hundred percent coming from one place. And ideally, what you want to do is create a, a sort of balanced table 
if you can develop, you know, three, four different revenue streams, uh, so that so that there there actually is some balance in terms of how the money is coming in, that's extremely valuable. And you can begin to brainstorm about things that you might be interested in. I mean, f- for instance, a lot of entrepreneurs um, might enjoy professional speaking, and so maybe that's something you want to explore. These aren't necessarily spigots that you turn on and they happen overnight, but if you start thinking about them and moving toward them, if you start having conversations and saying, hey, you know, I was thinking about, you know, maybe getting into this, um, you know, if you if you have any leads, if you have any advice for me, and just putting that out there, it begins to have a cascading effect. Right now, in fact, I've made over the past few years a very conscious decision to try to diversify my own income streams. And so I actually bring in money now in seven different ways. Um, that is writing books, teaching business school courses, giving uh, paid speeches, consulting, executive coaching, doing online courses, and then affiliate income. Fire Nation, one thing that I love about Dory is that every time we have her on, she gives you homework. And this homework right now is you doing your income stream audits. And this is something that we do every single month via our income reports. And this gives us incredible insight about what's working in our business, what's not working, what's up a little bit from last month, what's down a little bit or a lot from last month. So we can really kind of see the trends and listen to what Dory has for her income streams. I mean, she was talking about books teaching, paid talks, consulting, coaching, courses, affiliates. And now that she's being able to go back and like look at what's working and what's not, what's growing, maybe pour some more fuel in that fire. What's not, you know, maybe figure out what the root of that cause is, why it's not doing as wonderful as it was or she wants it to, then she can continue to improve and bulletproof her business. And Fire Nation, if you want to bulletproof your business, you're not going to go anywhere because we have some more value bombs coming your way after we thank our sponsors. One of the most difficult things for me to wrap my mind around when it comes to business is design. Bottom line, it's just not my strong suit. That's why I love that there are sites like DesignCrowd. DesignCrowd is a crowdsourcing platform that gives you access to 500,000 creative minds from around the world who can come up with amazing designs for you. This is a huge plus for those of us who find ourselves to be design challenged. All you have to do is launch your brief and then designers will begin submitting quality designs for you to read. Review. Within hours, you'll receive your first design. And over the course of several days, a typical project will receive 60 to 100 plus different designs to choose from. Visit designcrowd.com slash fire. That's D-E-S-I-G-N-C-R-O-W-D dot com slash fire for a special $100 VIP offer or simply enter the discount code fire when posting your project on DesignCrowd. Have you ever thought about going into business for yourself, but were overwhelmed by the idea of doing it by yourself? Operating a franchise gives you the best of both worlds, the freedom of owning your own business and the support and resources of an established, successful brand. The Goddard School, a premier franchise of private preschools, provides you the opportunity to own a recession-resistant business while making a positive impact on children and their families. It's hard to believe it, but did you know that Children's Daycare Services earned a total of $47.8 billion in revenue in 2016 and are projected to earn $52.5 billion by 2021. For nearly 30 years, the Goddard School has been a trusted name among parents and families, and their proven educational approach ensures that children have fun while learning the skills they need for long-term success. For more info or to learn how to become a Goddard franchisee, visit LearnAboutGoddard.com. That's LearnAboutGoddard.com. 
G-O-D-D-A-R-D, G-O-D-D-A-R-D dot com. So Dory, we're back and I'm pretty excited to close this strong because there's a few things I want to talk about, starting with you know, a large audience. People look at me and they look at you and they say, well, of course Dory's successful. Of course JLD's successful. I mean, they have these huge audiences that listen to what they say, that read their books, listen to their podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. Do you have to have a large audience to leverage multiple streams of income? You really don't, John. I think that what matters a lot more and what I discovered in the course of, of doing research and, and interviews for Entrepreneurial U, where I was um, speaking in depth with with over 50 high six and seven figure entrepreneurs to understand what worked for them and, and what strategies are replicable by you know regular people, is that ultimately what, what matters most is understanding your existing customers deeply. Now, obviously, you can't create multiple income streams if you don't have any customers. But, you know, for most entrepreneurs, even if you're starting out, you you have a few, you have some people that you're that you're working with. And so you are if you lock into what they're asking for and what they need, um, oftentimes able to diversify in interesting different ways. For instance, last year, I actually launched my first online course that I created called Recognized Expert. And I started out with a small pilot. I opened it up to, to 40, it was 45 people. And we created this uh, this community. You know, now I've been running the course since then, and well over 150 uh, people have gone through it. But in these early days, with this you know initial group of 45 people, I went really in depth with them, and I heard from multiple ones that they said, "Oh, you know, we'd love to get together in person. We'd love to meet up uh, because this was, you know this was an online thing." And so I actually just put it out there literally to this small audience, I said, you know what? I am thinking of having a mastermind day here in New York. It would be capped at 10 people. It's, you know, we're going to spend the day together just doing hot seats and talking about uh, everybody's individual business challenges. Who's interested? And immediately, you know, from sending that one email, I was able to fill the 10 slots and, you know, people paid a thousand dollars a piece to come in and just do this day together where we, where we talked about, um, how to improve people's businesses. When you have uh, a group of, of committed people that you really understand, even, you know, 40, 50 people, you can generate sometimes 10 grand or even more by, you know, snapping your fingers, by sending that email if you know them well enough to offer them something that they say, yes, absolutely. So you just gave a great example of how you use your audience to monetize in a major way. And Fire Nation definitely takes some inspiration from that because that's right there for you when you're building your business the right way, creating free, valuable, consistent content, having that patience, you know, practicing that persistence. But can you give us a successful example of somebody you actually cite in your book who's been able to monetize their ideas? Yeah, absolutely. There, there are so many great uh, examples and, and case studies. But for me, one of one of my favorite stories was uh, a, a gentleman named Danny Eney. And uh, Danny told a story. Uh, you know, I know John on uh, EO Fire. Yeah. You often ask people about uh, about their failures, and and you know, as a key learning tool. And so Danny shared with me. Um, that he he was interested in online courses. And so a number of years ago, he created one. 
And this was going to be his magnum opus. He called it marketing that works. And it was going to be everything he knew about marketing. And of course, the the tragic and ironic thing is that literally only one person signed up for his (laughs) marketing that works class. And so he said that basically he spent six months of his life creating a course for one guy, which came out to a less than minimum wage uh, take home. And it was so depressing that, that he was a little gun shy about creating another course. But when he did, Finally, years later, he, he felt he felt like, okay, I'll try it again. He had an innovation, which he said he basically only did because he didn't want to repeat this horrible experience. And that was that he he decided, okay, I'm going to launch a small pilot and it's just going to be a test balloon. And so he emailed his list. He said, hey, I'm thinking of doing this course. If, if you're interested, I'll offer it to you know, this first group of people at a discounted price in exchange for feedback, but you know, let me know. And he said he framed it that way because he, he, just, he wanted an excuse to back out if no one wanted it. Um, but it turned out that this was an amazing model. Because he was able to gauge what his audience actually cared about. He was able to have a group of beta testers who made the product great. And so by the time that he actually launched it in a big way, uh, it had been tested and vetted and was exactly what the market wanted. And so he's been extraordinarily successful since then. One of his launches brought in $2.6 million dollars. And, you know, just he is he is on fire. And so (laughs) learning from those examples, I think, has been critical. And of course, in in the course of writing Entrepreneurial You, part of the reason that I wrote it was that I wanted to learn these things as well. There are so many great entrepreneurs out there. I wanted to understand what they were doing so I could tap into their wisdom. And so one of one of the things that that I actually write about uh, in in the book, you know, I'm sharing my own experiences as I'm learning along with the reader. And so over uh, in 2016, which is when I started writing the book, over the course of that year, I actually earned 193,753 more dollars than I did in 2015, strictly as a result of following what I learned in the course of researching entrepreneurial you. Dory, as always, your value bombs have ignited Fire Nation. So let's end on fire with you giving us a parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Thank you so much, John. It is always a pleasure talking with you. So I've actually created a, a free resource. Um, it is the Entrepreneurial You Self-Assessment Workbook, which has 85 questions and ideas to spark your entrepreneurial insights and help you uh, devise ways to develop multiple income streams in your business. And of course, you can get it at doryclark.com slash fire. Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You've been hanging out with DC and JLD today, so keep up the heat. And head over to eofire.com, type Dory in the search bar, and not just this show notes page, but her great episode from 993 and episode 728 will pop up, both worthy listens. Of course, you want to check out the book, Entrepreneurial You, you know, whether that be Amazon or your favorite bookstore, just make it happen, Fire Nation. These are value bomb pages. And of course, that gift, doryclark.com slash fire awaits. And you can just find all that in the show notes or go directly there. And Dory, I want to thank you for having a third time is a charm moment with us on Entrepreneur on Fire. And for that, we salute you. 
and we'll catch you on the flip side. John, thank you. Hey, Fire Nation, hope you enjoyed our chat with Dory today. And if you're ready to turn your funnels on fire, I have a free step-by-step course created by me for you, and it's awaiting you at funnelonfire.com. And I will catch you there, or I'll catch you on the flip side.